You're listening to Blue Monday, the podcast for, about, and by America's small business owners. To get future episodes as soon as they drop or apply to be a guest, visit dms.blue. That's right. And this is your host, David Summerfleck, online at dms.blue. My wonderful guest for today is... Clarine Mitchell. Yes, ma'am. Now, can you please, uh, first of all, thank you for being my first official guest. I really appreciate it. It's such an honor. Thank you, David. Well, you're more than welcome. Thank you so much for being on. It's very, very kind of you. Let's get started. Can you please get into your background and experience and what your business is? Basically, what you do and how you do it and how you got started. Okay, sure. So my background, that could be a whole like episode by itself. So I'm going to give the Cliff Notes version of it. My background is print journalism, public relations, and mix of community organizing as well. And um, really, so what I do now, I'm an owner of a business, TCM Communications. The business is focused on helping professionals and businesses who are success-driven effectively use social media to advance their brands and more specifically focused on LinkedIn, but really Mm. utilizing all of the social media platforms to create their brands online, shine online, as I say, for my business so they can get results. And what I Mm. have done is transitioned um, from being a print journalist, public relations person to going with what's relevant now, and that's digital, right? The online community mm-hmm. and yeah. being able to help, you know, leverage those skills and experience and expertise I have on the communication side with what's now social media. How exactly did you transition? Because your background is really interesting. Um, how did you how did you transition from that? Because you said you had a background in print journalism. Community organizing, which when you say community organizing, I think politics. So um, a little it, politics, but really um, nonprofit sector. So community health um, organizations and issues, but some politics as well. I'm working for city government within that. How many years did you do that for? About two years total. So working for a mayor and then working in a health department as a public information officer. And my transition to the person I am now and my brand professionally, it was a forced transition, I guess I can say, where I had an unexpected unemployment um, in the fall Uh, of 2016. And for me, it was the first time in my professional life where I was forced to really trying to figure out what I was going to do where Mm. without any planning around that. So yeah, you didn't anticipate it, right? Didn't anticipate it. Lost my job unexpectedly. We're actually three months into a new job, all excited about the new job. Things went totally different than what I anticipated. And Mm -hmm. three months in without a job and without a job and all that goes with it. Right without income. And for me, as someone who work really defines me, even now as an entrepreneur. So to have it where I no longer have some place to go 
on a daily basis, some place to work and be able to do what I do best, really kind of turned my world upside down. Um, yeah. Work priority wise for me, I was a single mother on welfare actually, and got my way through college as a way to get off of welfare and take mm -hmm. care of my children and turn my life into a different direction. And so mm -hmm. then some almost 25 or whatever years later to have a job that was lost and then going a significant amount of time without being able to get employment, which yeah. was another shock on top of the, the you know, the mm -hmm. traumatic experience of losing a job because up until then, I had always gotten jobs through networking, you know, word of mouth. Someone tells me, you know, this is a great opportunity. You would be the gr perfect person for it. Or a former boss moves somewhere else or starts another, you know, job and wants me to go with them. Something of that nature. But mm -hmm. it seemed that time or this time, every time I applied, tried to get an interview or whatever, nothing happened. And it kept going yeah. on and on and on and on and on, seemingly forever for me, um, but maybe a short time for others. But and at the point, so this was the fall of 2016. In the summer of 2017, decided to start TCM Communications because, again, I'm a very work oriented person, so needed to be able to do something. And opportunities mm -hmm. weren't opening up, so I had to create my own opportunity, my own path. Well, let me let me tell you for what it's worth. Um, I've been where you know you were or are, and um, you just weren't a single mother on welfare. That part, right? I, I wasn't a single mother. <laughs> um, I've eaten the government cheese before, um, and it was not tasty. Let me tell you, I didn't I didn't care for it. Um, yeah, and I, I've never been a single mother. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely know what it's like, um, my own experience without getting into it immensely, because anybody, you know, who's going to listen to this podcast is probably going to, you know, find out about my background one way or another. But I mean, I worked for many, many different marketing and advertising agencies. I would work as a freelancer. I would work for the agencies, through the agencies, and you know, there's been so many times when I worked for agencies and I thought that, you know, things were going swimmingly. And then um, they, what was very common in, in, the, in, in the agency area is putting all their eggs in one basket. Yeah. So in other words, they would get a really great contract with a major uh, government organization or something like that and put every, and then they'd go higher. Because they got this incredible contract, and then mm -hmm. right, and then if the contract goes south, or they just decide to go with someone cheaper later on, now they have to dump all these people, and it's it's called the feast or famine cycle. Right. And I was a college administrator. I've had many jobs where you thought everything was great. You're showing up on time. You're doing what you're supposed to do, and. You know, the bottom line is the old paradigms don't work anymore. And what happened to you is becoming more and more common. Um, I'll never forget when I was a, a teacher, I was an adjunct English professor at a college. And I'll never forget, I was having a, a conversation with a much older professor than, than me. He was like a mentor. 
And he had a PhD and he was a very, very smart guy, great sense of humor. And so we were talking and he said, uh, we were just talking and he said, David, I, can I ask you something? I said, yeah, sure. What's up? So I have to tell you, I've got this pain in my side. It doesn't go away and I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't get benefits and I really can't afford to see a doctor because every semester I might have two classes at one college. Then the next semester, I've got nothing. Then, you know, the next semester, I'll have three classes to teach. Then the next, the other college won't need me. So he was telling me this and I just said, oh man, you know, I feel terrible for you. Um, you know, let me go get a cup of coffee. We'll sit down and talk about it and try to go over your options. But that was my first real exposure to the volatility of it. And the more I worked for colleges and these agencies, the more volatility I saw up and down, back and forth. And, you know, I later would talk to other people with PhDs and masters who were telling me, you know, that they'd have to go and take part-time jobs at Starbucks or whatever they could. With PhDs, and then, right? Yeah. 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 Um, in fact, there was a lawyer I talked to uh, several months ago. Uh, she was getting ready to go take a job at Starbucks. Um and she was a lawyer, but with her, it was her personality. She just couldn't get any clients and she was very resistant to change. Mm -hmm. So, but that was her particular case. But my point is what, you, what you're experiencing is extremely common. So, you know, for what it's worth. Um, so let's dig a little deeper now. How's the business going as far as bringing in return on investment for you? And what else do you have in the till, so to speak, to make sure that things are going better for Clarine? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So uh, actually, we'll and be... Sorry for these ding, ding, dings <laughs> uh, sounds. If you hear the ding, ding, ding. Sorry about that to you and to my humble listeners out there in, in, in podcast land. There it goes again. I've got about 100 websites that are backing up, and that's what you're hearing right now. So sorry about that. So every time you're you hear the ding, 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 it's just- busy man, David. You have so much going yeah, it's a, it's a, Yeah, it's a website backing up. So bless it and release it and know that it's a sound of basically shit taking place. So okay, progress. Pardon my, my French- yeah, yeah. So tell me where you're at with things now. So where I'm at for me is exciting. Um, so this is June 2019. Next month is July and it'll mark two years of me having the business. It's exciting for me to know that I'm still on this path, on this journey. And I've not given up yet. Mm. <laughs> so it's exciting that um that I'm still an entrepreneur. I haven't given up, put the white flag up yet, and don't plan to actually. Um, actually, I, I really can't imagine working for anyone else in a traditional job ever again. Yeah. The, the, the pathway as far as the journey to me becoming an entrepreneur was totally unexpected. Um, but now I've, I've finally gotten to the point where I see it as it was a blessing because it helped me get to yeah. a path where or a place where I never would have anticipated, but I'm loving it. And I feel this is my passion. This is where I need to be. Um, so I couldn't imagine going and working for anyone ever again, but it's a struggle <laughs> with the business as well. I enjoy every moment of it, but it is very challenging just building the, the credibility, building the clients, the pipeline um, for 
consistent mm-hmm. as you were talking about in your example about the, the faculty, the college faculty individual, the, you know, the roller coaster of it. And so mm-hmm. always oh, yeah. trying to develop new clients and, you know, the cold calling and the going, actually I'll be on, you know, going to Chicago. I'm based in um, just north of Milwaukee in a suburb of Milwaukee, but I'll be going to Chicago on Thursday of this week to go to a business expo to try to develop some more, you know, contacts. But so always trying to develop more contacts, um, exposure, Mm -hmm. you know, just as this podcast is and letting more people know about the services that I provide and how I can help them um, be able to advance their brands and get results. So it's, it's a challenging time just to be able to get to that point of consistency um, and be able to get back to the point of comfortability financially. Mm, okay. So what would you think? Well, first of all, what do you, what do you think is the major area? If there's like one major area that you'd like to improve, what would that be? selling myself more. Um, I'm good. Again, my background is public relations, but that's different than sales. And so um, being able to sell my business more um, and being more um, consistent with that, especially for cold calling and to be able to develop leads and turn those leads into actual clients. It's just Mm -hmm. the juggle of or the process of juggling all the hats as an entrepreneur, you know, um, wearing every role for the business because I'm shoestringing the business, um, self-funding. And so not having the financial um, foundation because it wasn't a planned process. Again, it started out from desperation. So not having the funding situated where then I can be able to have someone do certain roles within the business so that I can concentrate mm-hmm. on this or that, or, you know, so ju- mm. the juggling of the different hats. Okay. So selling yourself, do you mean in terms of how you talk to potential clients or how you're presenting yourself online or cold calling? The cold calling. <laughs> Actual sales. So, my specialty is the online content. Content, um, So being able to be consistent with that, creating relevant and useful content, I have that part, but it's the cold calling. So whether that's phone-wise or um, mm. in person. And so that's something I've been challenging myself to do more and more. Yesterday, I spent a I significant would... amount of time doing it via phone, but then I have certain days that I plot it out in my calendar I specify which entities I'm going to, and I do the cold call, mm-hmm. knocking on the doors, and to begin the let relationship. Me, yes, I'm ready. Let, let, let me let get me my notes. Make, oh, I can only hope to to give you you know some information that's worth writing down. Um, my biggest problem is always structure. It's never a pr- the problem of what to do or what to say. It's always putting things in the right order and structuring everything. And it's always been a problem for for me. Um, but for for other people, it's easier to see. I would really – cold calling, I think, is hard for everybody. Nobody really likes doing it, and nobody really likes to receive it. 
because they weren't expecting X, Y, Z. They're not prepared for X, Y, Z. They don't know if they want it. They don't know who the person is. And you have to get through to the decision maker right. nine times out of 10. Right. So you're just trying to stimulate interest or, you know, let's get these people on a scheduled, desired conversation, like doing a podcast, right? So what I always say, you want to do something that has more return on investment ROI. Cold calling is okay. It does work, but you've got to do a hundred phone calls to make one phone call to one prospect to schedule that one, you know, scheduled interaction with them that they're prepared for that they want. So I'm a real big believer in giving presentations. I love uh, presentations, giving presentations in front of professional associations or groups, first and foremost. And secondly, meeting people face to face, because then they get to see you. They know who you are. They remember you. They get to know your personality. You know, here's the the, the skinny bald guy who wears blue. Here's this, this woman who talks about LinkedIn, right? And that does ha- ha- work. Um, so when I go to events now, people approach yeah. me. You're the shine online lady. And I love hearing that because I've done well with my online brand and my marketing in that respect. It's just getting getting at to the right people. But I do, just like you you said, when I walk in the room, people know me and approach me. I don't know them because their brands um, aren't as consistent, but it's great to know that they're seeing my information. So it's just translating it into them being paying clients is the challenge. <laughs> their, their brands basically suck because they're un, they're undefined. They don't know what they don't know. And they need an expert to yes. come in and help them. Yes. And that's where you come in. Now, yes. Obviously, you don't want to say, hey, their brands suck, but if they suck, they suck. So you come in and your job is to help okay. them. Let me do my sound effect. There's my sound effect. But it is what it is. So your job is to be the expert and come in and give them that smooth transition toward improved efficiency, really. And honestly, if their brands didn't suck, there wouldn't be anything for you to do. Right. Right. So, you know, when I talk to people whose brands suck or they have horrible websites and they have no SEO and they don't even know what SEO is, I say, thank you, God, because now this is someone who needs my help. So it's just a question of does it hurt them bad enough to take action? And that's the real question. That's what I look for when I talk to potential clients is the pain there and then is the need there and do you know it? Because in a lot of Cases, you'll have a small business owner or entrepreneur, could be a church, could be a nonprofit, and they're struggling, but they think they're doing fine. Right. Right. In, in which case, you can't, you can't help them. Well, can't help anyone until they're ready to be helped and know and understand that and ready right. to invest in their brands because it is an yeah. investment just as they would you know, go and spend money to buy a cappuccino every day, you know, or go and, and, you know, and the nail treatment or the, the nice suit or whatever you, you invest in what matters to you. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's better to do it on the front end, I say, versus when you really need to do it because then you're having to catch up. So being able to yes. have that brand that's already there that you control and that you dictate the challenge I have with you know, um, getting people to really understand the importance is 
my mm-hmm. focus is social media branding because social media is relevant and it's going to continue to expand actually with some data that was just released. Um, and I saw yesterday how now individuals are on their mobile devices more than TV. And that's going to continue yes. to increase. And for me, that was just music to my ears for the business that I have. But it's still the gap with people understanding, especially in reference to LinkedIn, that you can't just get on and just intuitively know what to do to be able to get the results. It's not like it's a social media platform, but it's not like Facebook or Snapchat or, you know, the other social media platforms where you can kind of get on Mm. and figure it out. And and, because it's for fun and it's social. But when it comes from a business perspective and professional perspective and being able to create your brand and own it and shine online, you need guidance along the way. It doesn't just happen, you know, um, for everyone. And that's the challenge, getting people to understand and recognize because they'll say, well, I do Facebook and I didn't have to pay anybody to do it. I just get on or I get on the Snapchat or Instagram. But it's different. Mm-hmm. You don't just get on. But that's why I see time and time again, and I'm sure you do as well, David, people mm-hmm. who have LinkedIn accounts and they're just sitting there. There is just a profile. There's no activity. There's no energy from it. But then they wonder why they don't get results from the platform because they just that's feel right. something magical is supposed to happen. They're supposed to just create the profile, put their information in, and then that's it. But no, you're supposed to put the content. That's how you and I met, David, right? <laughs> because we yeah. of the engagement yeah. on LinkedIn. That's when you get the yeah, results, I'm... when you engage with people, when you have consistent content, and then you engage. It's also how you engage, too. Mm-hmm. There was someone who contacted me on LinkedIn and um, was very friendly with contacting me. So I said, sure, okay. And then he started sending me all these video ads for his services and they were on a regular recurring basis. So I got into face to a LinkedIn rather and removed them Mm -hmm. because the ads were really annoying. It was, it it wasn't even just connect with me. That's how Just we send me these video ads about sales. That sales gone wrong because that's annoying. Yeah, that's- it is. And, and, and yeah, and and I have, you know, a few celebrities or what have you on my my LinkedIn account, and it's not the best in the world, but it's pretty good. And now I'm a lot more picky about who I connect right. to on LinkedIn because that's about your because brand. of guys mm-hmm. because yeah, and guys like that. So. Tell me, I've got lots of ideas for Uh-oh. you, yes. See, but I want to know. But I want to know what else are you doing to reach new clients, and also I'm very curious about the types of clients that you're you're talking to, because with what you just told me, it sounds like some of these clients are you know what they call low information. In other words, and I don't want to be a mean guy, Uh-oh. but. You know, let's say that, you know, if if you have a LinkedIn account and you're not using it, it could be that you're too busy. Maybe you're a business owner and you're busy running your business. You're managing your business, the day-to-day operations. You're trying to make it more profitable. You're on the phone with contracts, you uh, contractors and vendors. And like and, me to manage your account. Right. So that you, exactly. Exactly. Online. And that's the... 
And that's who you want to talk to as opposed to the small business owner who's like, I've got plenty of time to get on Facebook and post ads and tinker around with my own little website. And I'm going to tinker with Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And I got all the time in the world to do all of this stuff and run my business too. That's someone you don't want to. How well are they doing that? But so those are the long things that really um, don't compensate me for my time and really suck out my time and energy. And so as you may refer to the corporate individual, although I help any and everyone, but to a certain extent, but the the corporate individual who um, sees and values what LinkedIn can do for them and even their business, but just don't have the time to be able to devote to it. So then you have someone like me, who's a social media manager where I can go spare accounts or if they... Right, and have an account, I can create their account form and then go so that there's consistent content and communicate with them as needed um, based upon the engagement. But for me, I believe everyone, there's value, there's room and there's place for everyone on LinkedIn. And everyone course. needs to be because, again, this society we're in is getting more and more digital. And if you don't control your own narrative, you're going to get lost in the process and far too many people yeah. again they they wait till they need the network support you know i lost a job and now i need a job so let me get on linkedin but then people are like who are you where have you been we don't know you because it's all about right, it re- doesn't work like that right it's all about relationships like you were talking about the guy that connected to you and then started selling you sending you all these pretty much spam you know <laughs> Um, messages, you're yeah. like me, because then I disconnect from those individuals because it's all about building relationships first, because it's that trust element. And then when you have that level of trust, right. and then the natural conversation may come up then about what you may offer that I need or what I may offer that you may need, you know, but not right off, okay, now you're a connection and now, boom, here's what I'm selling. That's disrespectful. So, so do you think some of the growth that you need could come from who you talk to? Oh. Not just quant- not just quantity, but you want to look at talking to clients for you who are not DIYers, but people who are basically, you know, look, I have a business that I manage. I run it on a day-to-day basis. This is what they call um, – uh, a client avatar. You might have heard that expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and you probably recommend it for people you work with, but have you done it for yourself yet? Not fully. <laughs> so even the process okay. it of can being, be brutal. It, and it, it changes. So even the process of right. being now almost at the market two years of the business, I've recently, honestly, and this is true confession time, really recently just gotten to the point of really zeroing in on my targets for as yeah. far as my client. And it took lessons learned and even like frustrations with certain individuals, I have the heart to, you know, assist, but it's not good business wise for me to be able to work with, you know, bottom line. So I had to go through the ups and downs and the journeys of learning because even when I first started more broadly, it was PR, public relations and a mix of social media. Now it's more honed in on social media, more 
LinkedIn. My target audience is um, educational institutions mm -hmm. and workforce development entities. And, um, mm -hmm. and then the corporate clients as well as professionals. But so my three areas of services are one-on-one -on -one coaching, but that's my bottom layer, level, workshops, and that's generally providing in for workforce development institutions and academic institutions, and then speaking. And that goes to what you were saying before, to being on stages and being able to give people exposure to who I am um, at events locally and on a national mm -hmm. level. So go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh, no, it's okay. So when you provide, well, I'm just going to get ripping on my suggestions because uh -oh. um, we're coming up to the half hour mark and, and I don't want to talk you into a coma. So what is, when you say that you work with educational institutions and other organizations, how do you specifically connect with them? How do you reach them? So either through the net, existing network that I have, so going through um, those who I've worked with before, maybe in these institutions to be able to get me to the right people. Um, also through cold calling. So I have some accounts now where it's been those who I've worked with in the past and they have opportunities for me to come in or through my networking. Okay, here's some things I'd like you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, for inspiration, you like to read, right? When I have the time, but yes, that's how we connected because of my Barnes okay. and Nobles post. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a rhetorical question. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big reader too, obviously, and I love audio books. So, um, if you haven't read these yet, you might like them. Um, I think it might be good for, you know, inspiration. Uh, the four agreements I think is a really good uh, non-traditional self-help type, type of book. If you haven't read it, no, I haven't. The Four Agreements, and I think um, Seth Godin has some really good books for people who do marketing with our background. Um, it's not like he needs another book sold, but uh, Tribes and the Icarus Deception and Purple Cow, I think, would all be really helpful books oh, for I've you heard to of read. Okay. Yeah, I have a copy on my shelf. You're welcome to come pick it up. Um, um, in fact, I've got all of these books basically on, on my shelf. Um, but yeah, Tribes, The Icarus Deception, Purple Cow, and The Four Agreements. You can get the audio books. They're all really good. Um, and so I'd like you to consider reading those for some inspiration. Some other, I'm just going to toss some other ideas out there to try to help. Uh, kickstart things. Is that okay? Okay. Um, where are you located again? What city? Greater Milwaukee area. Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Uh, okay. I'm not... Midwest. Okay. Um, so it's relative... Okay. Uh, w first thing that I would do is, are you familiar with meetup.com? Yes. Okay. Do you have an account? I'm, no, I don't have an account, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. S set up an account with meetup.com and join 
and look for networking groups that are obviously, you know, easy for you to get to. But you want to go to uh, mid to higher level networking groups. Um, and I want you to focus in on enterprise business owners. So, uh, you know, small business is going to have what? Maybe a handful of employees, if that. So as much as I love the solopreneur right. and the individual service not. provider, right. <laughs> um, they're, they're not always ideal for a business owner trying to grow simply because if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur or solopreneur, look, you may not have three to $5,000 to invest in a marketing campaign that may be a lot of money for you that you just can't do. And I get it. I totally get that. But if you don't have practicality, right. And the road to hell is paved with good intention. So, I mean, if you don't have three to five grand to invest in a startup business to grow that business, or at least get on some kind of a payment plan, then you just ain't going to grow in most cases. So my heart can go out to a lot of people, but they're not ideal for you to work with because you're going to have to spend more time teaching them why they should care about return on investment, how to manage a business, hire an accountant, what their business structure should be, and so on. And they're going to push back against you. Why should I pay for a website? What This should be free. Everything should be free. On and on. They're going to fixate on price over quality. They won't know what success means for them. So you want to work more with more established business owners who have a physical brick and mortar, who have you know, more employees, more structure, their needs are going to be more organized and deliberate. That it doesn't mean that, you know, the, the smaller business is disqualified. It just means that you want to hold them to a higher standard so that if you're going to work with them, they have to kind right. of get through the velvet rope, oh, so it to makes speak. A lot of sense. Does yeah. that make sense? So, it, yeah, it doesn't mean that I don't love them or that I don't want to help them. It just means, look, I've got to know that you can meet me halfway. If they can't meet me halfway, I can't help you. Um, and I'll, I'll give you the great example. There was a nonprofit organization um, that I volunteered for. I created a, a beautiful custom site for them. I gave them SEO that made them number one in Google for their type of nonprofit organization for the city of Atlanta, Georgia, okay, which is a big city. As soon as that site went live, they rocked to the top of of number one and they started getting phone calls and emails. And exactly, it was too much too soon. They didn't know what to do. They were completely overwhelmed and unprepared for it. And they were ba begging me basically to take the site down because they couldn't handle the phone calls and emails wow. and they weren't responding. And people were donating money and they're like, well, what do we do with the money? People are donating money and we're not set up. And I said, well, you told me you were. You said you were 503C, you know, set up, ready to take donations. You had your board of directors and they weren't. So I just said, you know what? I'll take the site down, but I'm, I'm done. And then I had the same thing happen to me. There was another nonprofit in Atlanta. Again, broke my heart. Single mothers with uh, daughters. Single unwed mothers with daughters. Little, cutest little girls in the world. And they needed help. So that was the nonprofit. But again... I helped them out. And the next thing you knew, the woman is telling me how the site should be designed, what the SEO and should be. Expert. She can't give me the content. And I just said, ma'am, I'm doing, 
I just said, you know what? God bless you because I sure can't. I'm out of here. I've got work to do. I can't do this. You're, you're pulling me under with you. So you got to you got to gauge right. who you work with. You might be doing a great job of it, but that's just my input. So I would go to Meetup and I'd start looking for these networking organizations to go to. Okay, with Meetup, fifty percent of those who RSVP they won't show up. So be very careful. You know who you, you look at who you go and what you go to. If you want to create your own group which I recommend. It's a great way to connect email addresses and get potential clients, but you want to present it in such a way that, you know, look at how other people who are doing it in larger cities before you create your own, in other words. And you can create three groups per account. And what typically works is you create three groups that are all the same, but with different terms and different topics and different search terms. And but they all point to the same direction, the same address at the same time. Yes. So you get my point? Okay. I would recommend doing that. If you're not a member of BNI, I would definitely go to at least one or two introductory meetings. See what you think of that. Some people swear by it. Other people say it's a bizarre cult. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you this is what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be like boy. And like Nancy, I like uh, Icarus. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but I really I really don't know. But if you Google BNI, your city and state, you will find a local group. It's, it's a very, very large global networking organization that is supposed to have, um, you know, regularly um, attended networking, networking functions. Okay, there you go. So... Yeah, I would go to one or two of their meetings and just, you know, you contact them first. Yeah, they prefer that you contact them first and then tell them what your area of specialty is and say, you know, hey, could I just come to one or two meetings and see what I think or, you know, to learn more about your group and how it works and see if we might be a good fit. That makes sense. And what I've about been local chambers of commerce? Doing just as you said, trying to get in front of people, attend certain professional groups, network groups. Um, is it is the problem? Oh, well, I not, shouldn't say the problem. Yeah. The challenge, especially you know, bootstrapping my business and can be any everywhere and where I need to be at the same time, so to speak, or. Um, just choosing where and when to get the right. biggest bang Don't. up because it comes down to gas and going in and paying the fees and, and exactly. all of that. But then also balancing the time I need to do the administrative yeah. end of the business. So, and actually, so I would love to get your, your feedback on this, right. David. So a part of even the start of 2019, yeah. a different approach for myself because having the pro- the the process of going and doing the networking and getting exposure and doing presentations for free just to grow the, mm-hmm. the brand, the experience and the credibility. Um, but not having enough opportunities mm-hmm. come quick enough, so to speak. So for 2019, I started hosting my own workshops. Mm-hmm. And so monthly I hold my own workshops and sometimes like the first one I, I did, Sold out through what? Pack house, you know, 
um, extended the time because they did they wanted to get more information, um, learn more. Um, but each month is just trying to figure out, okay, what's the balance price wise? So it's not super cheap, but it's not super expensive. But then also how to to get people to come because it's hit or miss sometimes. First one sold out, the second one, you know, half of that right. or another one only three or the one this month, um, okay. a few. So trying to figure out how to really, because I promote mm-hmm. you know, the various. Go ahead. Okay. Here's, here's some more things that I want you to do. Um, first of all, meetup is a way that you would present workshops but with meetup you've got to be very surgical so i'll give you an example when i would when i would have issues with agencies or you know have a contract like you know where you let go because the contract fell through and now we don't need you right or it's a temporary seasonal position or it's a contract position. We just need you until this contract is fulfilled. After that, we're going to drop you like a bad habit. So, uh, I mean, you feel more passed around than, you know, a cigarette at an AA meeting. So, uh, you know, you get, you have to have backup. So one of the things I want you to do is go to my site and go to dms.blue in the search box, type in freelance job sites. There's a blog post that I have where I have a list of top freelance job sites for people freelancing to to use. Okay? Okay. The other thing is with Meetup, whenever I was in between things and I needed a a quick cash injection, I should say quick cash because it would take about two months to do this. What I would do is uh, well, here's how I did it is I would basically you go to meetup and I would create a new quote unquote group and I would call it uh, build your own WordPress website in four hours or less. And I would charge $99 per person to do it. And it would be a boot camp that would be four hours or less. And I would teach a live boot camp. And how I would create, you know, a professional agency level site in four hours or less with perfect SEO, everything. And I would create the, the quote unquote group on Meetup, but I would also list, here's what you need in order to attend, right? So don't come to this if you don't have these things. They have to have hosting. They have to have their own domain name, everything ready to go in advance. If you don't have these things in advance and you still come, I can't help you. They have to pay obviously, before they can RSVP. Meetup will let you do that. So you charge. It was 100 bucks per person. And I would do WordPress training boot camps or build your own perfect site in four hours or less. Nothing was more than four hours because obviously I'm going to get exhausted after four hours. The Red Bull is going to wear off. So, and I would cheat, and I would teach it from a PowerPoint as well. So I, I would get a library conference room, preferably because those would be free. Um, look, as much as I love libraries, don't tell I the know. library that you're going to do this exactly. and you're going to charge because they won't let you do it. They don't think it's right. They don't think it's right that any American citizen should be having real meetings in their conference rooms and actually running a real business and actually charging money for anything or they'll give you the boot. Um, and I, I think that's really yeah, ethically wrong, but they do it. That don't so you tell them. 
of that circumstance with the library. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. low overhead. Right. Now, if they, if there's someplace where you can go um, in Denver, there was a place called the uncanny Alliance or some Alliance, something, something like that. And they yeah, were really cheap. So it was like $10 an hour. Shop so look, I'll pay for it. Workshops for no charge. And I greatly appreciate that. So, so they're great. So you yes. tell everybody, please right. order a cup of coffee and a, and a croissant or something. And that's, that's wonderful. So you do that and, uh, but you, ch you offer more and then you can charge more. So a four hour workshop where I promise to give you WordPress training in four hours or less or a professional website within four hours, charge you $99.95. That's a damn good deal. Uh, in any city, and I used to. Uh, I remember I paid the rent in yeah, one day. That's what I need doing that to once the, to that level. You know, <laughs> the one day. So let me ask you. Okay, let's pretend, so David. That that. Well, I'm telling okay. you, he has more. Uh -oh. Wait a minute, I'm not done. Wait a minute, I'm not done yet. So, yeah. Oh, I've always got more. You just have to ask. So. So you're creating this on Meetup, right? And you now you've got your group. You've created three Meetup groups that are all the same event that could be regular recurring quarterly events. You want to have it on a holiday or weekend if you can do it. A holiday weekend is even better, but always have it like on a weekend late afternoon. You'll get many Hopefully. more people coming than you will See, in the I morning. Okay? People before I started and, doing mine and they said oh, it's yeah. morning, early afternoon. So I generally do it on Saturdays from 10 to noon. But you're saying later. Okay, well Saturday is Saturday is good. Um, you know, I would think like, you know, tw um, you know, uh, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m., something like that. People can sleep late, they can still come out, they can participate. No matter what you do, there's always going to be one or right. two people who bitch and moan that it's too much money or they can't figure out how to get to the library or they're or they're from Venus they're and they, sh they shouldn't so have to ready. walk or whatever. They're not ready for it. Right, exactly. You just tell them, right. Right. The pain is not great enough. You just say, well, I'm so sorry. Come if you can, you know, and I, and I would always clean up, do that quarterly, the three groups. Now you take the same groups and you cross promote them on Eventbrite. Then you find your local event calendars, cross promote them on that. Find your local church event calendars, promote them on that, the local chamber of commerce. Many local chambers of commerce would let you present on their websites free of charge. They don't even know that you're doing it because oh. they don't manage their websites very well. So you can put your events on their websites. They don't, Half of them don't even know. They don't have any events at all. If you look at most chamber websites, they don't have events ever. Um, and so, in lo you know, your city and state, go to Google, type in your city and state event calendar. And then see what comes up and add it to every freaking thing you can to and do it like a month in advance yeah. so that there's leeway, right? And then you then you do it on Facebook. You promote it every day on Twitter, on Facebook, I'm, LinkedIn. I'm promote it on a daily basis at you different times. You have to time. watch me. I do that on LinkedIn, you, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I promote be methodical. Promote, but the and I've done ads. I'm sorry. Do you use, do you use buffer? So that's a whole different. Do you use buffer? No, I don't use buffer. 
Okay, I want you to I, I want you to look at Buffer before, or Hootsuite. I, I do my posts. They both have. This is a part of my branding and my marketing, even and how I package things for my clients. More original, times, you know, directed posts versus um, through the automated systems. But it makes sense to use them, and I had thought about it to promote my events. Do it makes sense to use the automated systems for my event promotion. So. Right, just to. To paraphrase Nike, just do sense. it. Use both, okay? Let Hoots, let Hootsuite or Buffer, whatever tool you use, let that reinforce and be in addition to your regular posting. Because remember, you're the queen of social media, especially LinkedIn, right? So there's no reason for you not to dominate that, okay? The other thing is, do you use LinkedIn? They're... they're they have like a freelance service thing I now. I can't remember what it's Profile. called. I'm trying to remember. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Yes. Okay, good. I want you. Yeah. And be a LinkedIn tutor. They have some kind of tutoring oh, thing now that nobody uses. But I want you to be on top of that as well. Yeah. I want you I to stay on top of all of these things stuff, as well. That should go without yes. saying. Um well, okay. That I'm not going to help you with but directly, I but I will offer to help David. you with something so else. Let's pretend like. Wait I'm, a minute. I'm not done. Write it down because I'm not done cooking yet. Okay. I, I will offer to help you with one thing. And I want you to think about it because I'm very serious. I'll offer to help you with this because we could help each other in a regular recurring basis because of your area of expertise with LinkedIn, right. right? And I am a digital marketer. So I could use someone who's really, really good at LinkedIn. We can help each other, all right? So I can offer to help you with your SEO, with your web design, with everything related to the website. And I can even help you with your right. content strategy. And SEO is a big thing. So I want you to think about whether that's something you would be receptive to. Um, but I work a certain way. So you have to think about whether or not you would. You, I said, warning, warning. You said you work a certain way. Is what? That was a warning I heard. <laughs> yes. You, you better believe. Yeah, you better believe it. I don't have a red alert on my uh, podcast machine yet. But basically, I would do everything. I would just basically step in and just say, I will reboot, refresh. We can make it bigger, stronger, faster than it was before and play the whole bionic man music. Um, and the SEO is number one, because imagine if you could be number one in Google for social media marketing in your city and state. I don't know if I could do that for you, but I do know that it's something I would want to look at. Um, and I, it's probably something I could do, um, because most people aren't using SEO the way that they could. So if you're receptive and that's something you would see value in, I'll, I'll extend that olive branch to you. Um, okay. What's your structure, your business structure right now? Um, please tell me you have one. That's right. So when you say business structure, what are you asking? I know. So what? Go ahead. I hear crickets. I don't want to hear crickets. 
I want to hear. Oh, that's what you're asking. I want to hear LLC. You're an LLC. Um, no, sole proprietor. Right. I'm so okay. I'm not a lawyer. I cannot pretend to be one. I am not giving you legal advice. Okay. Um, look at look at your structure and just if if that's the one that you think gives you the most legal protection in the event of something, then then God bless you. That's great. Um, I I can't. You know, all I can tell you is when I had my uh, when I had my agency. I was an LLC when I had my nonprofit. Yes, I was a nonprofit LLC, believe it or not. I was told I couldn't do it, but I did it. Um, so yeah. it's up to you. You use contracts, right, when you work with your clients? No. Okay, good. Do you automate them? Okay. For future reference, if you want to consider doing it, what I do when I work with clients is I have a standard contract that what I do is I go over it with them so that they can see the key points. That way I know that they're awake and paying attention. So I go over the key points with them and then I tell them, are you okay with this? And if they say, yeah, then I whip out my Kindle or my phone or whatever. And I say, that's great. Do the e-signature right here, right now. And I use a, a tool called Gravity Forms to enable e-signature. And e-signature, I believe, is admissible in court in most cities and states in the U.S. But it's just something you might want to think about in the future. It's not a big pressing thing. Um, let me see. When you, if a new client or a potential co client contacts you, what's the first thing you do? If someone were to call you and say, hi, Clarine, you seem like a really nice person. I'd like to learn more about what you do. How do you onboard that client? Asking them, what is it that they would like to have as an outcome of working with me? What is it that I can do to help them take their online presence to the next level? Good. Okay. That's a great beginning. And there's something that I've benefited from immensely and that I want to recommend to anybody in sales or marketing out there. I don't work for them. I don't show for them. They don't give me a penny, um, but I love what they do. It's called the Sandler Pain Funnel. If you Google the Sandler Pain Funnel questions, it's how you talk to potential clients but you do it in a way that's like, look, this is serious to me. I need to know what you've done before, what you haven't done, why you've done these things, why you have not, why have you made some of the choices that you've made. And really, to be quite honest with you, I'm jumping the gun with you, Clarine, because you know, you're such a nice person and everything. But really, what I should be doing is going through these same questions with you step by step. But it's a very painstaking approach, and it's trying to get the other person to look at what they're doing more. You know what I mean? It'd be more reflective. Okay. So I don't know that you need it, but with clients, I go through those questions. So that might be helpful. I also have a workbook. I have a workbook that I also ask new business owner clients uh, okay. to look at. 
and work on before we talk extensively. And if you if you if you email me, I can send you a copy of it. It's called the Road to Digital Marketing Profits. Now, obviously, that might be a little bit different for you, for what you do, right? Because it would be more the road to social media profits or LinkedIn profits specifically, right? Um, but you might look at it and go, hey, that's kind of interesting. Okay. I could use some of this. So if you're interested in that, I, you know, extend that, that invitation to you. I have not added it to my own website yet as a free giveaway. Um, for anybody listening out there on Webland, if you're interested in a free copy of The Road to Digital Marketing Profits, my free uh, downloadable workbook, you can email me at dms at dms.blue. Um, and I am going to add that to my website as well. I have a page called Free Resources that I'm always updating and trying to pimp out more. So basically, I can really offer free resources to people, you know, as a way to say, hey, look, you know, I'm very honest about this. This means a lot to me. I'm very serious about this. I am hardcore when it comes to digital marketing. So if you want free ebooks to learn more, hey, that's no problem. You know, I'll give away some of my very valuable resources in, in exchange I want you to actually read it and, and, and gain from it. So I recommend everybody with a website have some kind of a free giveaway as well to cultivate interest, but also to establish your authority and your expertise in that given topic. Whether you're a veterinarian, you should have a free download ebook on the value of regular medical checkups for your dog or cat, you know, or things to look out for. You know, if you're a dentist, you should have a free ebook on how to avoid getting cavities. If you're a lawyer, God knows you should have a free ebook on, you know, how to avoid foreclosure or how to avoid bankruptcy or, you know, um, how to do your own divorce. It's not like anybody can do their own divorce anyway. You know, they're going to need a lawyer's help. So, you know, you don't lose by giving away free information. People can't do everything themselves. They think they can. But once you get started, you're going to see that you need help if you want it done on a serious professional level. It does make level. sense. I'll be sending you an email for that. Yes. So does, does that make sense as well? Oh, no, no, no. Of course not, David. Okay. And hopefully it's not a mean email. Like, David, you saw you've given me a lot of more work to do to add okay. to my plate. And, but it won't be. And when you eat, when you... And and that's the idea. And and that's the idea. That's what you know, that's the whole I, I purpose of the podcast is that you're either in a position where yeah. you're open to and need some guidance to help build your business up, or you're already established and you're doing great, and now you're ready to share your story with the rest of the world to tell them how you've overcome obstacles so I'll be back and lessons on your you show. learned that are I'll you know, be painful back on your show when I get to that and it can help other people. Help. If one extreme or the other. <laughs> if I do everything you said. <laughs> right. And it will, especially if you listen to me. Because I, I, you know, yeah, the way I say it too, you know, I, and, and of course I'm joking, but, you know, I, I used to think that, what do I have to tell? You know, I don't, I don't know what to tell people. I don't know. But after volunteering for SCORE, which is a division of the U.S. Small Business Administration, I volunteered for them as a business mentor for off and on almost 10 years, um, may have been more, because um, I never really kept track of how many people I talked to. 
Um, but after doing that, I just reached a point where I was like, I can't take any more. It's just so many people contacting me, but so many of the stories are just heartbreaking. And so many of the people won't listen or they just can't or, or some other drama going on. And after 10 years of that, I just said, I think I know enough to go my own way and pick and choose who I talk to in charge. You know, if I'm going to give free advice, it's going to have to be on a podcast so that AI can reach more people, but also indirectly, obviously I'm going to talk about DMS.blue and how, you know, this is better for enterprise business owners who are interested in growing and really igniting their bottom line, which is what you want to do, you know? So really focus in on that and really hone in on the ideal a customer for you, the client, a regular recurring thing. And yeah, you got to, and I want you to start productizing regular maintenance contracts, you know, offer website maintenance. You can outsource it through me, offer SEO. You can outsource it through me. You know, we can work out an arrangement. You can offer more by yeah. partnering with similar complementary businesses, right? Okay, so I, uh, that's something that you can also do by offering offering more. You can provide more, and you have more to offer more people, and so hopefully that can also assist you in elevating your game. Um, you know, and and also I want you to look at being able to bid on contracts. Um, and I can't remember what that's called, where you bid on local government contracts. I think it's called SAM. Sam.gov, maybe I forget what it's called exactly, where you bid on government contracts. And I, I'm not, I don't know if it would be worth it for you to do or not, since your area of expertise is very specific. Right. Most government agencies really don't advertise and market much at all. If 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 at all. But it might be worth looking into at some point when you've got a few minutes or something and you want to look into it. Um, you know, um, now what questions do you have for me? Sorry, but I just wanted to, to unload as much as I could. And I took I was tons of notes, so I appreciate all the pearls of wisdom. Thank you. Oh, you gave me a lot of work, David. A lot to think about. A lot do to you do. feel like I knocked and it out of the park for you? Yes, to go to the next level. Yes, you did. Good. <laughs> Good. I get to use my my cool sound effect. I need to get more sound effects so I can do like Howard Stern. Um, okay. But what kind of questions do you have for me? And then I want you to, after we okay. go over your questions, I want to talk about keeping in touch and how listeners can get clients. in touch with you as you know, well. You talked about, you mentioned just automating contracts, and I hadn't thought about doing that before. So I will explore that. Yeah. But the onboarding, onboarding of clients, yeah. that process, if you, um, go ahead. There's, I, yeah, I really, really am a big fan of drip. Not, I mean, I love drips when it comes to the stock market, and I like drips when it comes to email automation, and I also like drip when it comes to working with clients. If you're a freelancer or web developer or SEO guru, content marketer, copywriter, social media expert like Colleen, 
or a digital marketer guru like myself, you've had clients call you and they say, how much is XYZ? I need a price right now. They're not a good fit because they're basically looking at what is a service and they're seeing it as if they're buying kumquats or something. You're not buying a cheeseburger. You're initiating a service that needs to be ongoing. So we don't know what you already have or don't already have. We don't know how much handholding you're going to need or not. We don't know how receptive you're going to be, how resistant you're going to be. Nothing. We don't know any of that. And, you know, and we don't know the depth and scope of, of the project. So all you can do is just tell people, well, most of my projects range from this to that. I tell everybody most of my projects begin at least at two, three thousand and go up from there, depending on what you want. I don't know. Depends. How long is a piece of string? I don't know. How much is a car? I don't know. I agree. You know, right. So, but that's how you deal with that question. But also if somebody, if someone calls me out of the blue. Your personal. And I used to have my my actual phone number on my website. I used to have my real phone number on my website (laughs) where people could call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would have people calling me asking, uh, yeah. And I had people calling me asking me if I had King James in a can, why didn't I let oh him out? And I right. had um, right. people calling and just going, you know, like that. I mean, I'm not kidding, but it was a lot. Yeah. And so obviously I learned to use Google voice or grasshopper and use that instead. So everybody should have a Google voice number or grasshopper number or some kind of burner number that you can redirect or, you know, use voicemail and have, if somebody cannot leave a message for you, they are a telemarketer. Move on. Um, So if they don't leave a message, that's tough nuggies. I got other things to do with my life. Um, So, right. It's a game. It's just a game to them. So when it comes to onboarding, what I really like to do is have 15 minute conversations with people. So if you were to call me out of the blue or whatever, I'd say, hey, that's great. Oh, I'm so excited. Please schedule a free 15 minute phone consultation to see if we are a good fit for each other first. If they cannot schedule a 15 minute phone consultation, there is no way in hell I could ever work with them because they can't sit still. If you need it immediately or your hair is on fire or some nonsense like that, we're not going to be able to work together and I'm not going to get my blood pressure in a boil over somebody whose budget is a hundred dollars or whatever, you know, no, no entrepreneurs, no Walker clients, whatever you want to call them. So, I'm a big fan. I love Calendly. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. I like them. I use them. I don't show for them. So I recommend everybody use Calendly, pay your $15 a month, and then you can use all these little perks like I did with people who want to be on my podcast. It's worth paying premium for some things. So with that, I can download an agenda. I can ask you a million questions to qualify you to be on my podcast. I could do the same thing with potential clients. So with my clients, I say, look, I schedule regular weekly um, meetings, quote unquote meetings with my clients while we're working on a project. Now, it doesn't mean we have to do every single meeting in person or by Skype or Snapchat or whatever. And a lot of my clients are not tech savvy. That's why they need me. 
So we do it by phone. So I just say, look, let's do a 15 minute phone consultation to see if we're a good fit. I go over what how they are to see if they're a good fit first. Then I talk about how I work and see if they're okay with that. If there's more to go over, we schedule another 15-minute consultation for the following week. And that's how I do it. If they're so busy that they can't do 15 minutes, we're not going to be able to work. We can't we can't see eye to eye if you can't sit still for 15 minutes. And there is no project that is so mission critical that has got to be done immediately within the next 24 hours. And well, if that's the case, they drop the ball that. big time and they're addicted to drama, in which case you don't want to work with them. True. You can charge more, but they're also going to stress you out a lot more and you have to ask, see if that's worth it for you. I don't like red flag clients. If my blood pressure gets up, it's not good. So nobody's worth that. They have to chill out and take a slow roll. (laughs) Oh, no, we can't. They have have to slow the roll. I have a wife who will come in and yell at me if I get too upset. Okay. Not if you know her. You you do not incur the wrath wrath of the missus. She's always right. I'm occasionally right. She's always right. But I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. I'm old. Oh yeah, I'm old fashioned like that. You you find a partner who you love and you trust and you believe is is a, a good heart, and you know you 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 trust them. If you don't trust your spouse, then what's the point? Your spouse or your partner, whatever it is. Um, but you know, obviously, you shouldn't be with someone you don't trust. But um, that's some of my input. So I I really am a big advocate of slowing down client. Um, enrollment or onboarding, whatever the term is. And there's actually some really, really great people. They have a great podcast that I like very much called Businessology. Um, I, and I love their podcast. And they had a thing called How We Work, I think it's called. And I called them. I don't remember if I called them on phone directly or sent them an email, probably email. And I said, I love this. Can I please take it and use it for my own business website? And the guy said, yes, you could. And he's so kind. But I love that. I love their podcast. I got a lot from it. And I used it for my own business website. That basically, it's basically a statement that said, here's our mission statement. I believe the work I and my team do provides great value to you. If you agree, we're going to be a good fit. Right. If you don't see the value in what we do, get to stepping. Get to stepping because I don't have time for oh for for drama anymore. <laughs> Let the doorknob hit you or the good Lord split you. I don't get to get to stepping. So so I'm a firm believer in onboarding your clients very carefully. Fifteen minute phone consultations, and um, I got that from Brent Weaver's podcast. Um, as well. He has a great podcast called Digital Agency something or other. And I got I got a lot from him and I'll give him I'll credit for that. Um, and I, I believe in giving people credit for you know what you learned from them. Um, I don't always agree with everything. Um, I don't think it hurts at all. What's the downside? But I will say that... Um, well, the downside is having a podcast that you're not passionate about, that you don't enjoy doing, and is a royal pain in the ass for you. If that's the case, don't do it. Um, 
and you got to really think it through before you do it, you know? Um, but I think, I think it's, I don't think it hurts at all, but I think what's more important is having a mobile responsive website that is the best that you can make it before you think about a podcast. Because I think pod, a podcast is like the cherry on top of the Sunday. It's like the laugh at the end of the mo, the movie oh, Mozart. Yeah. If you've ever, or um, Amadeus. If you've ever seen the, the movie Amadeus, it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. <laughs> and at the end of it, they have that idiot laugh, <laughs> you know, and it just is that cherry at the top of the irony. If you've never seen that movie, Amadeus is a brilliant freaking movie. Oh my God. I love that movie and network two brilliant movies. Oh, I wish I'd written them, but, so you but think a podcast is the cherry on top. Viability of, you just got to let me roll sometimes. Bad, you know, but hot I would have the hot the, thing now, but you think that's going to continue to be the case? Oh no, mm-hmm. no. Podcasts are accelerating in use um, and they're being adapted by more and more people, hence my involvement. Um, there's luminosity that just began where um, they're getting people, you know, with po- podcasts that they're charging you to listen to them now. Um, you know, I I really wanted to hear uh, the podcast from Caramo, the guy from uh, Queer Eye, Queer, the new uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on, on Netflix. I think he's, I, I love hearing him and I wanted to listen to his podcast, but I'm like, now I got to pay to listen to your podcast, Par- Caramel. Thanks a lot. You know? Uh, so more and more people are going to that platform and charging you to listen to their podcast. Um, so that's, that's a new development in the podcast industry and investors still are not sure if it's going to take off or not, but that, that medium continues to grow exponentially over time. So I don't see any downside for people engaging in it unless it's just something that you do one podcast and then you never start again. And even then somebody could find that podcast years later and they go look for you, you know, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had people contact me as a result of a podcast that I did like five years ago or um, a podcast that I've been on where I was a guest and I was talking about churches and I would go over a hundred things that a church could do to elevate their game and get more parishioners coming in. Um, So somebody emailed me and said, Hey, I heard that podcast. I have a church. Could you help me? And I said, yes, I could help you, but you're going to have to put some money in in my donation plate. Um, You know, cause I need more than your blessings pastor, you know, um, but I can help you. But yeah, there it's low startup cost. You can do it, but you've got to be really focused and organized. And is this something that you really enjoy talking about? Can you really do this on a day-to-day basis if it if it does well? You know, and so like digital marketing, I love digital marketing, but I may not always be in a mood that I always want to talk about it every day. I may not always want to be discussing tools or arguing with somebody over who does what this way or something. Whereas, you know, helping, trying to help a business owner, I always have a heart to do that. That's great. You know, I always care about trying to help another, you know, business owner. Whether they'll listen or not, or whether I'm giving them actionable advice is another story. But, you know, I'm, I always have I've a heart to try to help. If I, should, if I should go down that path or not. So, so that's my you. answer to that. 
I, I would, to, to be honest with you, I would take me up on my <laughs> advice with the website first. And I would say, David, you are so freaking brilliant. I, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on your advice and I'm going to, you know, I will accept your assistance, you know, at, at the point that you're all, you're willing to do it. And then I'll go ahead and, and make that the podcast, you know, be the cherry on the top. But obviously, you know, that goes with saying your podcast is doggone surely going to focus in on LinkedIn and everything right. LinkedIn. Right. So you got to be prepared for that in advance for every possible question or concern or, you know, and it would probably wouldn't hurt to have some type of special account with them if they have something like that, you know, like some affiliate thing so or something, thing? you know, whatever you can do, I would look into it. You know, if before you would think about it. Um, that's a really good question. You know, with LinkedIn, I would probably say that I would probably say it's twofold. It's probably being on top of all the different developments there. And secondly, it, it would be LinkedIn advertising is really cost prohibitive for most small business owners and startups to me. And it could be that I don't know about different types of packages. And I, and, and, you know, I do engage in LinkedIn, obviously I use it, but um, not to the extent that I know every little thing that they're working on, like what's going on in LinkedIn labs, which actually might be a good title for your podcast. Right. Okay. I have had comments picked up by them and featured by them and featured by them because I'm very antagonistic to some of my comments. <laughs> and I'm only I'm only being partially serious. I don't right? do it intentionally, nice but I do try to stir things up a little bit if I'm going to make a comment on LinkedIn. Right, right, exactly. I'm not going to talk Right. I'm not going to be talking about somebody's mama, but I am going to try to be a little bit provocative, you know, that's, that's territory you don't go into. Not ever, ever. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie Malcolm X, where he says something about his mother and Denzel turns real slowly and he says, let me tell you something about my mother. (laughs) And, And I was like, yeah, man. I studied film for about two years when I was a student at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. And I'll never forget, I went to see Citizen Kane once at a movie theater in Norfolk, Virginia called The Narrow, N-A-R-O. And guess who just happened to be sitting next to me? My film instructor. My film instructor. And he was this really, really nice, sweet, older man. And um, he would wear these really loud, outrageous uh, dress jackets. A little bit flamboyant in that regard. And so, and that, that's fine. I like flamboyant people. They're more memorable. And I was sitting right next to him and the two of us were just going at it. You know, we're sitting there watching Citizen Kane, you know, arguably the, the greatest movie of ever. And we're just sitting there going, oh my God, the triple split screen. He should have done the triple split screen. You know, and we're talking about all of these things. So I'm a film of student. I love a good movie. I think that they can be extremely powerful. And there's a lot that people in other forms of media can learn from them. Okay, so advertising. So I really, obviously, I really get into it. And I use the word obviously too much too. Okay. 
Yeah. So I, hopefully I've given you quite a lot. And, um, you know, I hope that some of this really is very seriously. Um, I really do that. Um, hope that some of this is actionable to you that you can put some structure to and, and equip with some teeth and that can help you grow your business more, um, expeditiously. I really do sincerely hope that, and I want it to. And again, that's why I'm extending the offer to you as well. Yes. Great gems. Do what? I, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. You don't want to see my writing. Only I can understand my writing. Sure, send it send it to me on LinkedIn since you're a LinkedIn lady. <laughs> okay. So Okay, but I'll still look at the picture. Um so I do hope that it was helpful. I really sincerely Thank do you. mean that. Yes. Um and I do truly believe that you're a very kind-hearted person. I hope that I w- was helpful to you. Um so I do hope that you take me up on my offer. I am not offering to build, you know, the moon and stars just to help with the website and equip it with some, some mean spirited, effective SEO that will, you know, get past uh, some comp- competition. My website. I so I am offering to do that. I hope you take well me up on it. Um, and can you tell every, because my website is not my forte. I tell people I do what I do best. And oh, so a yeah. lot of times, Potential clients want me to support them with their websites. I'm like, nope, that's not my area of expertise. I know LinkedIn. I know the social media platforms. I know public relations, not websites. So, oh, my. Oh, my. But guess what? But guess what? Now you got a blue chip. You got just a blue. You got a blue me, chip sitting on your desk right now that you can cash in at any given that time that can deliver. <laughs> That's why you made the offer because you know I need your help. <laughs> I've already, I've already looked at it. I've already looked at it a couple of times. Are you kidding me? That's right. Of course, of course, of course. But I made the offer. I could have looked at it and said, okay, next, you know, so I'm, you know, but I, and I'm not going to offer if I don't feel like I can legitimately help because if I can't knock it out of the park, I don't want to get involved. It's, and that's something that a lot of, you know, small business owners and, and service providers, I think they come to develop after a while is for me personally, if I work with someone who's not a good fit, it's actually depressing for me. If I work with someone and I can't knock it out of the park and like, feel like I really hit a home uh-huh. run. No, 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 I just no. don't, I feel like uh, nature wall. Get some by water, uh, so I need to go play violent bed, video games yeah. or something. I don't feel good. You know, I need a big pizza or something. Make a difference, right? Make an impact. Do what you yeah, do yeah. So you know, I don't want to work with somebody if I don't feel like I can really do a great job. If if right, if they're right, if they're resistant to change, if they're stubborn or addle-headed, or they have many different family members that like to fight and argue, I don't want to get involved with that. I want to be able to to deliver results. It's not just my reputation. It's you know, it's it's not just the money. It's I want to feel good about what I do. And if people de- take away right. from your enjoyment of your service, 
You're not going to want to do it anymore. And you can come to look at it and be like, oh, man, I hate this. I'm just going to go look and, you know, go work in a cubicle somewhere or go wave to people, you know, go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I very strongly feel that way. So before I go too crazy and get to the hour and a half limit, please repeat your website, your email address, any and all information you want to give so so people can get in touch with you. And then you and I can follow up online uh, afterwards. So my name is Clarine Mitchell, C-L-A-R-E-N-E, and then Mitchell, two L's. Welcome everyone to connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, all of the social media platforms, including Facebook business page, Instagram, and Twitter for TCM comms. <laughs> and YouTube, yes, YouTube too. Yes. YouTube. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> YouTube. So Twitter, YouTube. Facebook business, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Yay! Yes. So all of them. Yeah. And then all okay. the Snapchat. But that's a whole different conversation of why I intentionally don't. And then my website, TCM Communications LLC.com. Yeah. And then email TCM Communications LLC at gmail.com. There you go. Yes. All right. Well, Clarine, thank you so much for being on and being my first guest. We have, you, you have been a wonderful uh, first guest and a a very kind uh, person to speak with. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and, and push the stop button. And I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, for help with digital marketing. Oh my God. Can you imagine what Clarine and I could do if we teamed up together, man? Um, You can visit me at dms.blue and you can tell me what you think of this podcast, good, bad, indifferent, as long as it's not indifferent. You can contact me at dms.blue and you can even Google dms.blue and find me all over the interwebs. Okay. So thanks everybody for for listening and thank you, uh, Clarine, for being such a wonderful person. Okay. And we are out of here. All right.